Um, we are this morning going to be wrapping up a series that we've been in for three weeks now called The Church. And next week we're starting a brand new series that I'm getting really excited about. It's going to be um, all about Jesus. And I know every week it's all about Jesus. But we're going to be specifically looking into who Jesus is. And I'll never forget, I, so I kind of, I grew up in the church and it was probably when I was in my mid-twenties. I read this book that probably a lot of you have read called The Jesus I Never Knew. And I was shocked at who Jesus is and just some things about Jesus that I had no idea and, and was just drawn to him in a whole new way. And so we're going to be looking at Jesus and, and who he is. And I just, um, I'm, my prayer through this series is that you would just grow to love Jesus more and more um, as, as we go through this. But um, we're wrapping up this series on the church. And um, as a lot of you know, I grew up as a pastor's kid. And uh, I know that explains a lot. But <laughs> um, I actually come from a, a family that's full of pastors. My dad and Becky's dad are both pastors. My uh, two grandpas that were pastors, uh, two uncles that are pastors. I've got two brothers that are pastors. Um, pastoring just kind of is, is in the blood. Um, but with my dad being a pastor, obviously I grew up kind of immersed in, in the church, immersed in what it, it meant to be a part of the church really my, my entire life, like literally my entire life. And, it's actually, and some of my earliest memories are actually from the church. And I remember one of the churches that my dad pastored, it was on Vancouver Island up in BC, and it was this, in this little tiny fishing village, and this church, every Easter they would have these big long services that would literally go for four to five hours. They would have a worship leader and then a preacher from one church, and then, then when they were done, another worship leader from, and another preacher from another church, back to back. And then when all that was done, they would have refreshments, and I still remember the cookies and the juice in this really old, worn-down building that had like a, a campfire stove in the corner, and it was just, it was, uh, yeah, part of my memories, part of my growing up. Another church that my dad pastored was also on Vancouver Island, and it was in this little tiny logging village called Port Alice. And what I remember about this, this church was that uh, my dad didn't just start the church, but he, him and the whole church actually built the church building on this oceanfront property. It was a beautiful building, beautiful property, and they built this building for $10,000, which even back in the early 80s was dirt cheap for a building. And the, and the most expensive part of that 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 building process was actually the sawmill that they bought for $7,000. And they had logs donated, and and uh, they actually had some loggers in the church that would we would we'd go out on the weekends, and they would fall these big, massive cedar trees, and, and then they would chop them all up into shingles for the roof. And I remember all that because I was actually there watching the, the trees fall down, and, and, and my parents, I'll never forget one summer, it was first day of summer, and me and my two brothers were so excited just to get out there and enjoy summer and forts and fishing. But my parents had us go down to the, the church's sawmill and shovel sawdust for like three hours. And it wasn't a good way for a kid to start off the, the summer. But when it, when it came to the church, I just, I mean, I've, I've just been immersed in it. In fact, um, from the time I was born to the time I left home, I probably, I probably missed a church service maybe two or three times. 
and the only two times that I, I remember missing were actually because we, I had an out-of-town hockey tournament, and you would think from the way that my parents fretted over that that my eternal destiny was at stake with me missing two, two church services. Needless to say, church was a pretty big part of my life. And then in, in, in 1989, when I was just 15 years old, any 15-year-olds in the building today? Yeah? Okay. Leica? Awesome. Um, when I was 15 years old, I remember God just started to call me into being a pastor of some sort, and not just to be a part of the church, but to be a leader in the church. And I hesitated a lot because I thought I knew what that meant. I thought it meant sawmills and really long church services and really old buildings. And I, so I, I hesitated, but um, of course, here I am today, and God, God when He has a, a a plan for your life, um, it, it tends to happen. <laughs> He's God. And, and so, but what I learned over the years, and even after I became a pastor, is that my picture of what the church is was really a lot different than what his idea of what church is. And it's not that, that what we were doing uh, when I, as I was growing up in the churches that my dad pastored was wrong or anything like that. It's just that we added a lot of extra stuff onto what it meant to be uh, the church. And I really have probably spent the last up to 20, 25 years um, trying to get to the bottom of what it really means to be the church. And, and then along comes COVID and church online and YouTube church and, 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 and house church and every other kind of way that we have of doing church in the modern era. And I find myself wondering again, what is the local church? And what does it mean to be, to be a part of one? And al although a lot of change in has happened in the church over the past two years, and a lot of it has actually been difficult, and it has been very disorienting for a lot of people, um, I really believe that at the end of all this, the church is actually going to look a lot like the church that we've crafted it to be, and it's going to look a lot more like the church that Jesus originally intended to, it to be, which is to say a church that is growing, that is healthy, that is strong, a church where the Spirit is empowering all the members to be on mission, full of grace and truth, a city, a bright city on, like, on a hill in a dark and broken world. And wh what I would like to do this morning is kind of like just push everything aside and get down to the bare essentials of what the church is. What does it take to be a church? What are the marks of, of the church. And last week we talked about how there's kind of two ways to look at the church. There's the universal church and then there's the local church. The universal church is everybody all around the world, everybody past, present, and future who has put their faith and trust in Jesus. And there's a lot of people who, who misunderstand what it means to be a part of the church and how to, how to, how to, how to be in it. There, there are those who believe that if you tend a church service, or if you attend a mass, or if you get baptized, or if you take communion from time to time, if you do all these things, you're in. You're, you're a part of the church. But the reality is, you can actually be baptized in, raised in, served in, married in, die in the church, and still not be a part of the church that will spend eternity with Jesus. Because ceremonies, titles, religious exercises are, are not the point of entry into the church. There's actually one point of entry into the church, and Romans 10, 9 says it like this, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be 
saved. And not just saved, but you become a part of this big, massive church. It's turning from your sin, your old way of living, that is the entry point into the church. But then what does it take to be a part of a local church? There's the big church out there, but then there's the local church. The church that you call home, the church where you're connected to other believers. What does it take to be considered a local church? And it's important to know this because as we saw saw last week, God's plan and His design has always been not that you're just a part of the, the universal church, but that you are a part of a local church. And this morning, we're going to answer these questions by looking at what what the, the five essential marks of a local church are described in Scripture. And you could probably come up with six or seven. Um, there's no spot in the New Testament where it says, this is what it means to be a local church. But if we take the whole New Testament narrative um, and the teaching of the New Testament into account, you, I believe you could boil it down to these five things that are, are the essential marks of a local church as described in Scripture. All right, you ready? Okay, here we go. Number one, it's a community of believers following Jesus as Lord. A community of believers following Jesus as Lord. And just as the defining characteristic of the universal church is its people who put their faith and trust in Jesus, that's also the case for the local church. It's, it's believers who have put their faith and trust in Jesus, and from the depths of their heart, they believe that He's God, and they want to follow Him, and submit their lives to him but a local church is more than that it's also a community a community of believers and that word community is important because the local church isn't just a group of people united in their faith but they're united in the sense that they uh they they know that they're a part of a specific i think it's great that that i can listen to a guy like stephen furtick um, he's this pastor way over in North Carolina. He pastors a church called Elevation Church. He's one of my favorite pastors to listen to. I've literally spent hours listening to him preach. Um, his church, Elevation Church, is doing great things. But here's the thing. Just because I listen to his preaching doesn't make me a part of Elevation Church. Why? Because listening to sermons doesn't make you part of a local church. It's being in community that makes you part of a local church. Listening to a preacher preach is different than being part of a community, isn't it? Um, and, and why is that important to hear? Because, because listen, you can live in Ferndale, you can sit in these seats every Sunday, you can watch online every Sunday, and still not really be a part of a local church. Because being a part of a local church, as defined in the Bible, is being... And here are the two key words. It's being connected, connected in community. Connected in community. Listen to what what the, the Bible says about this. Listen to the way the early local church is defined in Scripture. It says this in Acts 2.42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. That's a Bible word that basically means they were together. They, they loved one another. They were, there was a harmony there. Goes on to say they can they continue to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. And if you see they, they have a community and that they're fellowshipping together, they're meeting together, eating together, they're doing life 
together as followers of Jesus, they are connected in community. Now, that being said, if you really enjoy Stephen Furtick's preaching, one of the wonders of the modern era is that you can also be somewhat connected in community to a church on the other side of the continent. You can, you can join in an Elevation Online small group. You can even get on mission and be on uh, one of their online hosts that is talking to people who are online and just people got questions about Jesus and you can be sharing with them about who Jesus is. However, I believe that if you're never connecting in person, that you're missing out on the fullness of what it means to be in community. And, and I want to explain why that is, but let me just preface this with just a couple thoughts, um, a couple comments. Number one, I understand that we're in the middle of a pandemic still, and, um, and some people need to look out for their health and watch from home, and I would never want you to feel pressured to put your, your health at risk, ever. I get that we're in different times right now. And the second thing is this. As a pastor, I'm very passionate not only about in-person church, um, but I'm also very passionate about online church. And as you can see, I mean, we've got cameras set up. We've got a, an awesome team that's making all that happen every week. I believe that, that churches, and there are a lot of churches out there, churches that just criticize online church are missing out on a massive opportunity to make the gospel known. Massive opportunity. And in our digital age, and with all the incredible opportunities that it presents, I don't believe that either or, it's not you having to decide between one or the other, it, it's both and. It's online, but I believe there also needs to be in-person component to your involvement in your local church that goes beyond even just showing up here in person. It's being in community outside of this weekly meeting in person with people. And, and let me just explain what, why really quick. There is something about, the, about Christianity where our faith makes a really big, big deal about the physical. We make a very big deal about in-person. Our faith, listen, our faith actually hinges on Jesus showing up in person. We call it the incarnation. He could have waited 2,000 years. He could have waited until the... The technology was there, and he could have you know, set up a phone, an iPhone there in his, the throne room up in heaven, and just beamed himself down, and you know, you just hook up to the internet connection, and there's Jesus preaching some solid messages, he's telling people about who he is, and telling us how to, how to live his way, and love people, he could have, but he didn't, he showed up in person, there's actually one of the early heresies in the church, is a, this heresy called docetism where in the, the very early church, there was a group of people that actually believed that he didn't really show up in person. They believed that he was like a, almost like a, uh, a phantom-like substance, like he was a hologram. In the early church, uh, they, they quickly put an end to that because he did show up. He actually became flesh. He became a baby that the shepherds could behold in a manger. He became somebody that that woman with the issue of blood could reach out and touch. He became somebody, a real live person with hands and ankles that the, the nails could be driven into. And, and then he would become a real body that would be buried and then three days later rise from the dead. And then when he ascends to heaven, what does he call his church? He calls us his body. 
his people through whom he can work and move in this world. We're real people doing real communion together, eating together, taking communion together, laying hands on one another in prayer, physically baptizing one another in real water. But it's not a matter of either or. It's a matter of both and. And I encourage all of us, especially as hopefully this pandemic ends one day. But <laughs> as we get there, <laughs> as we get there, I encourage all of us to be engaging and connecting, not just online, but, but in person. Take some steps to move closer to others in community. Join a discipleship group. Show up at a pizza night. Occasionally drop in on a Sunday morning and say hi, because the church isn't simply a meeting. It, it's a community of believers following Jesus together. And it's a community that's, that's practicing the one another's of Scripture. What, is, what does Scripture command us to do? It commands us to love one another, to be devoted to one another, to build up one another, to care for one another, to serve one another, forgive, speak to one another, bear with one another, teach one another, comfort one another, pray for, show hospitality to, stir up, and accept one another. Being a local church is so much bigger than just listening to somebody preach. It's being in, in this kind of community with other, other believers. So that's the mark of the church we're going to spend the most time on this morning. The next four we're going to go through pretty quick. Second mark is this. A lot of people end off at that, and they go, okay, so it's just it's a community of believers, we're together, we, we love Jesus, we're following Him together, we, we, every week, we, me and the, the, the gang, we head up to the baker, and we snowboard together, and we have lunch together up there, and yeah, we are a church. Well, it's actually more than, than that. The second mark of the local church is that it's organized under qualified leadership, and you see this everywhere in Scripture. Everywhere. God's people being led by qualified leadership. In the New Testament, we see right at the outset of the church, they didn't just devote themselves to, to anybody's teaching. It says in this verse we just read, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. The apostles were qualified leadership. And later on, Paul and Barnabas, they're planning all these new churches all over, the, all over Europe and Asia and and they aren't just preaching the gospel and then hoping that new believers are going to find some friends to be in community with and then they just move on. No, they are being very intentional about establishing leaders in all these new churches. The Bible says in Acts 14, 23, it says, Paul and Barnabas appointed elders, it's leadership, for them in each church and with prayer and fasting committed, committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. So you have these elders who are leaders, and, and they weren't just appointed in some churches. No, they were appointed in each, in every church that was planted. And then you read in places like 1 Timothy 3 and 2 Timothy 2 and Titus 1, and what does it do? It gives these, these lengthy lists of what it takes to, to qualify as a church leader. And a group of believers that, that isn't organized under Qualified leadership isn't a local church. It's, it's, it's a group of Christian friends hanging out together. Which isn't a bad thing. But it's different than, than being a local church. A local church is a community of, of believers where spiritual authority is present, it's credible, it's active, there's teaching, there's equipping, there's discipling. People are being raised up in their gifts and their calling. 
that's a part of what it means to be a local church. It's organized under qualified leadership. And in our church, how that looks, you, you have a pastor, you have a, a church council, and then we're also part of a larger network where there's a network leadership team. We are organized under qualified leadership. And we don't have time this morning to get into all the reasons why that's a good thing, but it is a good thing. And, and God, that was his design to, 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 to give direction and to give um, protection in, in all these different things. But a, a local church is organized under qualified leadership. Next mark of local church, number three, is this. It gathers regularly for biblical preaching and teaching and worship. Biblical preaching and worship. Acts 5.42 says, Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. And to be a local church is to be a community that, that is learning together what it means to be a follower of Jesus. It's being regularly fed God's Word. It's, it's being anchored in the truth of, of God's Word. And at the heart of what the, the church is learning is the gospel. It's learning the, the depths of this message that Jesus died on the cross so that sinners like you and I could be set free from our sin and find hope and life in Jesus. And the church's job is to pass on that gospel message as preached by Jesus and the early apostles from one generation to the next. And it's and central to, to learning and hearing God's word taught isn't just having our heads filled with what it means to be a follower of Jesus and to follow his way. It's also having people in our lives who are showing us how to follow Jesus. And, and this is, is all part of sitting under godly teaching, being fed God's word, and, and it doesn't just end with a sermon or a Bible study. It ends when, when we actually begin to live out what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And, and not only is Scripture being taught, a local church is a group of people that are worshiping Jesus together specifically through music and singing. Now, yes, there are all kinds of ways to worship. And yes, worship is about so much more than singing some songs and, and, and lifting up our hands. And It's about so much more than that. But God has commanded all throughout Scripture that His people corporately worship Him together through music and singing. The Psalms, uh, you, you read through the Psalms, and they're full of command after command after command for, for us to worship with music. And then you jump ahead to the New Testament, and it doesn't change. We see Jesus in the upper room with his disciples at the Last Supper, and just as their time together is coming to a close, we read this. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. So Jesus is, is he's modeling for us here. Have you ever thought of that, that, that Jesus sings? He sings. He's there singing a hymn with, with his disciples. And then Paul, as he's giving instructions to the church in the city of Ephesus, to a, a local church, he gives this command, and it's the same for us. Ephesians 5.19, he says, Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord and you gotta, you gotta understand this. We don't have time again to get into all the, the depths of this, but we don't just sing as warm-up to listen to the preaching. We don't just sing 
because that's just what churches do when they get together on a Sunday morning. We don't just sing because we like music or we want to listen to ourselves. We, we, there's a very specific reason why God created and designed music. And it's, it is, as far as I can tell, the only thing that we can all do together at the same time where we're all together worshiping Jesus in the exact same way where there's harmony and there's, there's unity where we're like an orchestra with all the different instruments and voices and together we're doing the exact same thing. I don't think there's any other thing on the planet where you can worship God together like that at the same time. If you find it, let me know because I'm curious to hear what that is. But there's a, a specific reason why God commands the local church not just, just to be sitting under biblical preaching but also to be worshiping Jesus together through music and singing. And um, it's, it's one of the marks of the church. The first mark is that it's a community of believers following Jesus together. The second mark is that it's a um, we, it's sitting under biblical preaching and teaching. Well, that's the third mark. Second mark, it's organized under qualified leadership. And the fourth mark is that it regularly observes the sacraments. The sacra what, Rich? Well, okay, here's what the sacraments are. The sacraments are, they're the rites or the ceremonies of the Christian faith that were established by Jesus himself to be a sign of, of a spiritual reality. And Jesus himself, he instituted both of, uh, both of these. Um, the, the two most common sacraments are baptism and communion. Some people include prayer in that, where we lay hands on, on those who are sick. Um, but the two most common sacraments are baptism and communion, and we see Jesus instituting these with baptism. What does he do? He leads the way by being baptized himself. And what are his final instructions in Matthew 28, 18? He says, go into all the world and, and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then with communion, at the Last Supper, we read in Scripture how Jesus comes along and it says he, he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, this is my body given for you. And he doesn't just end it right there and then, then move on to what's next. No, he's very intentional about saying, do this in remembrance of me. To be a local church, you have to be about practicing the, 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 the sacraments that Jesus set out, these rites, these ceremonies that are so important, such a big part of, of our faith. And then the last mark this morning that we're going to get into of the local church is that it's equipped by its leaders and empowered by the Spirit to serve others. It's equipped. It's equipped by its leaders and empowered by the Spirit to serve others. Ephesians 4.11 says this, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers, which is to say leadership, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Such a beautiful picture. I think one of the, one of the tragic things that has happened in the church over the last 1,700 years is that the church has actually become much more institutional than Jesus ever intended it to be. When his original design is that it would actually become, it'd be more like an organism, like a movement that, wh where people are living together, in, they're, in, they're in community, 
church family, but also to serve the world out there. And, 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 and as everybody does that, it becomes this movement that is like that city on a hill that's, that's making a, a, an impact in schools and in workplaces and, and in, in the world that God leads us to. But the problem, one of the problems of, of the modern church is that we've actually moved away from the importance of the church as community to the importance of the individual. And when this happens, there's a, a lot of negative things that happen alongside of that. One of those is, is that the church, it, it, it's, it, be, it becomes a business model for attracting new customers. And the gospel becomes like this product that is there to help improve the lives of the customers. Just so long as things like, you know, sin and obedience and taking up the cross, you know, as long as we don't mention those things or we kind of keep them on the down low, then it's going to attract new people. And when this shift from community to, to individual happens, the local church is just viewed as an optional part of the faith. Something that I take part in only as, as long as it's making my life better. But this was never, this was never God's plan for us as His people. His plan has always been that, that we would be a part of a community where it's not primarily about me. It's, it's about me being equipped and empowered to be like Jesus, which is to say it's about me living a life where, where I'm, I, I'm becoming more and more a person who's about others. That's the mark of Christian maturity. The mark of Christian maturity is not that I've got my head stuffed with a bunch of Bible knowledge and I've got a bunch of Bible verses memorized and I know all about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. No, the mark of Christian maturity is that my life is shifting less and less, less to being about me and more and more to being about others. Loving God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength and loving my neighbor as myself. You know, my job is, as your pastor is not to get you to attend a weekend service. It's not. It, it's not even primarily to preach sermons. My job and the job of the, any leadership of the church is primarily about equipping you for the work of the ministry. To equip you to live out your God-given purpose in this world. And, and I don't know where you're at this morning when it comes to the local church. You know, I'm guessing that as we're going through this, and I'm talking about what the church could be, and I'm talking about it being a city on a hill, and I'm talking about how it's, it's people empowered to make an impact and a difference in the world around them. I'm guessing there's some of you here this morning that are going, yeah, Rich, been there, done that. I'm not sure I really believe in that. I'm not really sure that the church has that kind of potential. And I really believe that what God wants to to, to, what he's asking and inviting you to do this morning is just to once again believe and have faith. That, that what he said is going to happen will happen. That when he says, I'm going to build my church, it's you going, yeah, I believe that, God. Where I'm going to move from a place of disbelief and doubt and maybe, maybe, maybe just cynicism. Or maybe you've been hurt in the church at some point in your life. Maybe you just like put in so much time and energy and you just never saw any fruit. God is asking you to move from a place of skepticism and, and doubt to a place of faith even. Where you believe that it's not even about us. It's about, it's about His Spirit inside of us. The God who's the God of the impossible. The God who over the last 2,000 years has been building His church 
to the point where millions upon millions upon millions of lives have been transformed by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's about us saying, yeah, Jesus, we're just that, but that little boy with his five loaves of bread and two fish. That's what we can't do for you. But with you, God, all things are possible. And he's asking us, all right, will you believe? Will you, will you Maybe there's somebody else, you're, you're here this morning, and as you're, you're listening to all this, you're, you're going, yeah, I, I do believe, but I've just become disconnected. And, and yeah, it's, I've, I've spent the last five, six years listening to sermons and all that, but, but if I'm honest, I'm just, I, nobody knows me. I don't really know anybody else. I'm just kind of doing this all on my own. I'm just disconnected. And, and I believe God would ask each of you, just take some steps. Take some steps towards community. Maybe maybe that step, maybe it's, maybe you're online, you're watching, you're just, you're just disconnected. Maybe it's for you. The first step is just simply engaging online. And you just, you, you put in the comments section something like, hey, excited to be here today. For somebody, that's going to be a big step. But it's a good one. Maybe for somebody else, it's going, I'm, I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to show up and I'm going to figure out how to get connected to a small group or to a discipleship group or, or I'm going to, this pizza and game night, I've just become so disconnected that me showing up in a room where I don't really know anybody is terrifying, but you're going to go, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do it anyways. I'm going to take that step towards getting connected. Maybe somebody else, you've just been hear all this, and you go, yeah, I've, I've been a part of things, I have been connected, but, but I ha- if I'm honest today, I have not really been about serving other people. I haven't been about giving and finding out how has God designed me or wired me, or maybe God has shown you, and you just have said no because it's too scary. I've been there. I have been there where God asks you to do something, and it's terrifying. Because you know you don't have what it takes, and there's all the fear of rejection, and what if it doesn't happen, and what if I fail, all this kind of stuff. And you just have kind of shrunk back. And I believe what God is asking you today to do is just to begin to take some steps forward and just begin to, to, to ask Him. Start with asking Him. God, how do you want me to be serving others? And God, how do you want me to serve in my church? God, how do you want me, me to be serving outside of my church? God, what does that look like? And listen, I believe God speaks. He speaks. If you come to Him humbly and with honesty and say, God, I I really do want to be about finding out how I can serve others, I believe He will show you. And and if if you want something more, maybe, I mean, maybe it's it's calling up uh, a leader. Maybe it's shooting the church an email. Shoot me an email, richw.ctk.church. I would love to sit down with you and help you discover how God's created and wired you but, but take some steps. And just as we conclude this, this whole series on the church, I just think, where, where are you at when it comes to the local church? Where are you at? And, and what is it that God is, is inviting you and calling you and asking you into? You know, I, I, I just, I'm a, I'm, I'm a big believer in the church. 
And, and one of the big reasons is because we hold the message. We, we are the ones that hold the gospel message. The message that this broken world needs to hear more than ever. The message that will bring life and healing in a way that nothing else ever will. We, we are we're just a critical part of what God is doing in, in the world around us. And, and I just got to say, I'm so thankful to be a part of this local church. And the more I see churches out there, you know, every church is different, but I'm just, I'm so blessed to be a part of what God is up to in this local church, CTK Ferndale. Are there things that I love to change? Yes. I've got, like, 20 pages of things I'd love to see us do differently. But am I blessed to be a part of this church and what God is up to and what God is doing and what God is going to do? Absolutely. And, and I'm excited about what the days ahead lo look like for us. There's definitely uncertainty in the middle of just all the change that we're, we're going through as a church, not just locally, but really right across the Western church. There's uncertainty, but, but listen, Jesus is alive. Jesus cares so much about us, and Jesus cares so much about those that don't know him that, that he is going to work and move through, through us, his people. He always does. And so I want to just wrap up our time together by leading us in a prayer. And would you join with me? Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much for, God, not only the, the, the big C, the big universal church, but God, I thank you for the local church. And God, I just want to specifically thank you for for this church. God, thank you that, that 13, 14 years ago, God, you began to put it in people's hearts here in Ferndale, God, to have a, a, a local CTK community here in this city. God, thank you for that. And God, thank you for, for, for all the men and the women, God, that were so, so much a part of getting this church off the ground. God, over the last um, 12 years, I've been so much a part of, God, just seeing this church established God, thank you so much for all the people, God, that have just poured in, God, so much of their heart and their soul, God, to, 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 to see this church established here in this community. God, just here in this room, God, there have literally been months and months worth of time and energy, God, poured into this church. And God, we just want to say thank you for that. God, thank you for all the things you've, you've done. And God, I also want to say thank you in advance for all the things, God, that you're still yet to do. God, not only in us as a church, but God, through us as a church. God, I thank you, Lord, for, God, for those that are even, God, a part of this time that we're having right now that, that are yet to discover the incredible joy, God, of following you in community. And as they do, they're just going to experience, God, so much growth in their faith. God, thank you for those, God, that, that are, are, are a part of this time that, that have yet to discover just how you've wired them and created them to serve their church family and, and to serve their city. God, I thank you, Lord, for how you're going to equip and, and raise people up, God, to, to be on mission with you. And Jesus, th this morning, God, we just want to, God, lay this church down at your feet. God, we just humbly submit our lives in our community that we have together as CTK Ferndale. And God, we just want to invite you to come and, and inhabit us in a powerful way, to come and move through us, God, in a powerful way. 
God, move through us, God, as we, as we move throughout our, our, the, the hallways of our classrooms and our schools. God, work through us, God, as we move throughout our workplaces. God, as we're in grocery stores and restaurants. God, as we're in our homes with our, our friends or family. God, work through us, God, not for our sake, but God, for your sake, for the sake of your kingdom. God, we pray together, may your kingdom come. God, may your will be done here on earth, God, as it is in heaven. 